hey, but before I get into the word this morning, I have something that I'm just uh, thrilled to share. Uh, next Sunday, we are going to start receiving our year-end offering, all right? This is our above and beyond uh, year-end offering. So uh, these funds are above and beyond your, your regular tithes and offerings so that we can go above and beyond our general budget to make an impact in Canadian County and around the world. Uh, these funds are used to, to bless missionaries that are out in the field uh, to further the gospel ministry of the missionaries we have in Slovenia and Ireland and other places. Uh, these also funds also go to help uh, bless various ministries in our area, right? Uh, like uh, Compassionate Hands, they, they help with uh, paying bills for people who need some assistance there. Uh, it's a manna pantry. Uh, they provide food to families in need. And these funds will help Refuge Church uh, continue our mission and support missionaries both near and far and contribute to local missions uh, to make a tangible difference in our community. Uh, and this offering, the second time we've done this, this offering is uh, in memory of Jackie. Uh, if you don't know the story, Jackie, uh, she was a member of the launch team of Refuge, uh, but she passed away before we had our first uh, service. <clears throat> and so she was actually, uh, if you look around you, one of the ladies who helped sew all this drape that is hanging up uh, around you. Uh, so she was uh, all in on Refuge. She went above and beyond. Uh, and before we started having uh, church uh, services, we had a few practice services uh, because there's a lot of stuff to set up and tear down. You want to make sure you get it right. So a little bit of practice into it, right? Uh, and at our very first practice service, uh, I pull up behind her at this light over here off of uh, 44th and Mustang. I'm on 44th going this way. Uh, and it was early, all right, because we were trying to figure it all out. And the lights are taking forever, and I am there, and I had the church trailer, so I've got this big 24-foot trailer that says Refuge Church on the side of it. Uh, and I'm going to be the first person there. i got everything that we, the church has is in this trailer. They're, I don't want anybody to beat me because I don't want people waiting on me, right? I don't know if anybody has that. And I'm like, I hate when people are waiting on me. Uh, and so uh, I'm getting there early. i got the church trailer, and I pull up to the light over here, and she is ahead of me at the light. I'm like 30 minutes early, Okay. Uh, and, and so she's ahead of me at the light, and I pull up, and it's a while. We're just sitting there waiting, uh, and it's like, you know, that sensor for the light, like, hasn't kicked on. Like, it's still just on that timer in the middle of the night. And so we're waiting there for a minute, and we're, like, on the wrong side of the street because these are just green this way, and we're trying to go this way, and we're just sitting there at the red, and there's nobody there. Um, and I'm literally right behind her. And so Jackie, um, she gunned it and ran that red light to get to church early. Because she was ready to serve. Can I get an amen? All right, that's awesome. Uh, she felt bad, but she felt bad that she wasn't going to be, uh, she felt bad, but she wasn't going to be late. Like, she was like, I felt, I felt that I had to run that red light because I, uh, I pull up to her at the church. I get to talk to her inside here at the school. I said, hey, your pastor saw you run that red light, right? She's like, I feel bad, but I was not going to be late. Uh, and she really did embody going above and beyond for the things she believed in. And so that's why we do this in memory of uh, Jackie. Uh, and this year for Above and Beyond, we've actually been blessed with an opportunity to have every dollar matched uh, up to $20,000. Let's try this again. That same slide, click that one, there we go. No, nope, we don't have the opportunity to have every dollar matched up to 20000 uh, It's there, I promise, all right. Uh, just try clicking that thing again. I promise it'll go. That same slide. Boom. We got it. We have the opportunity to have every donation matched up to $20,000. Yes, amazing. Um, so 
just blown away by the opportunity that's ahead of us. Uh, it doesn't start until next Sunday. And my ask for you is for you and your family that you would pray and ask God how maybe you could get involved. Uh, uh, God is going to provide for his church. I fully believe that. So I'm not, I don't want you to feel any pressure. I don't want you to feel like there's anything like I'm putting it on you. Uh, seek him in prayer and see if it might be through you that he provides for Refuge Church. Don't ask me. Don't ask anyone else. Seek God and just be obedient to what he says. Uh, I, I don't want you to feel any pressure. Do what God wants you to do. Seek him and follow him. And so, hey, excited about that. But today, uh, I'm also excited. We are going to wrap up our series, The Deep. The Deep. Uh, the way we've been framing this series is that Jesus is like the ocean. All right? He is like the ocean. You can be a baby on the shore and you can experience the ocean. You can be a teen who's out in the waves trying to jump through them and you are experiencing the ocean. You can be a scuba diver out in the deep and you can experience the ocean. Every person that we just described is experiencing different things, but they are all experiencing the ocean. It's different, but it's all the same. And the further you go out, the more you will experience uh, and the amazing part with Jesus is there is always more to experience. You can never reach the bottom of him. There's always more of him to be had. Our, our verse for the series is Isaiah 40, 28. It says, have you never heard, have you not understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. No one can understand, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. His ways are greater than our ways. We will never be able to reach the fullness of his depths. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't continue to go deeper with Jesus because there's always more of him to be experienced. Always. Now, if you're ready to go deeper with Jesus, would you just put your arms out, palms up, close your eyes, just, just a posture of surrender. Take a deep breath. And remember that God is just as near as the air you're breathing. Let's pray. God, today, would you guide us closer to you? Help our minds put away the frustrations of this past week, to, to put away the distractions of the coming week. We want to fully focus on you. We come empty with nothing to offer but surrender. Fill us up as only you can. Holy Spirit, move in here today with power. We believe that in advance. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, does anybody remember the movie Castaway? Give me a ow if you remember the movie Castaway. Hey, all right. That, apparently that's how I need you guys to talk back to me with an ow. Hey, you know the one with Tom Hanks. If you didn't give me an ow. All right, that's the one where he's stuck on an island. He's, Wilson! He's got the volleyball there. All right, uh, his plane goes down in the middle of the ocean, and he gets stuck on an island. He's a castaway. And if you remember, initially, or shortly after he gets there, uh, he creates a raft, and he tries to leave. I don't know if you remember that part. He tries to leave, and, and, but the waves are, are hitting the beach. that They're too strong. He can't break past them. He's going against the tide, and it doesn't work. There's too much force fighting against him for him to get over. He can't fight the current. It's like he's fighting an uphill battle. And so he has to kind of just nix that. He's like, I can't get past it. The, the waves are crashing down on me. 
And then later in the movie, uh, if you remember, he gets that, it's like a porta potty door is what it looks like. He, gets, he creates this makeshift sail uh, to attach to his craft. And by using this sail, he enables him to break through, to go over the waves, go through the current that's keeping him trapped. And once he gets past that current, once he gets over the top, he breaks those waves. Once he gets past the waves, once he gets past the tide, the water actually begins to pull him out further into the deep. Today, what I want to offer are two thoughts from Scripture that if you'll let these grab a hold of your heart, I believe these will be a sail for your faith. These will be things that will help pull you out further into the deep if you'll stick with it long enough to get past the tide. If you'll stick with it long enough to get past the waves that it feels like are crashing, if you get past the waves that are hitting you. There are things in life that that are just like that, right? They are initially, they are hard. But as soon as you get past that certain point, it's like the switch flipped. And this battle that was uphill this whole time, now it feels like it's downhill. It gets easier to do. The thing that was once hard, now it feels like it has momentum going with you. Chances are you've experienced this in some area of your life. Maybe it's fitness. It seems like something you would never want to have any part of, but now you do consistently work out. Maybe it's at work. Maybe there's things that used to stress you out about your job when you had to do them, and now they really don't bother you anymore. Something that you regularly do now that once seemed like a mountain. You kept moving forward and eventually you broke free of that negative momentum. Uh, Things started working for you instead of against you. Did you change into a different person? No. Did you instantly develop a new set of skills? No. Did you just change on a dime? No. If I was to ask everybody this question, what's something uh, that used to seem daunting or overwhelming to you but now you don't really bat an eye at? I'm sure there would be a variety of answers about what that was but I'm confident there would be one recurring theme, and it would be commitment. You didn't just show up once and overcome. You kept showing up. You failed. You fell down, but you kept showing up. You don't get better at something you give up at. Improvement only comes through reps, through practice. That's how you grow. You've got to do it. Like whatever it is, you've got to do it. That's the only way you're going to get better. Even if it seems daunting, show up, do the work, and I promise you things will change. That's just how life works. And so commitment is the first sale that I want that's going to help you break the current in your life. Uh, let me show you, share a personal example of this for me. This is a, if you guys were in our last study, this is the malaria hand forward, right? That's the weakness. I'm not going strong hand forward, I'm going weak hand forward. When I was in Bible college, I had a class where we had to do a message in front of our peers and be evaluated. That wasn't too bad, Right? I knew the people in the room. I knew the majority of the room liked me. I knew those things. As a part of that class, I had to give two messages uh, outside of the classroom during that semester. I did one at a Sunday school class at my church. Easy, the third graders, right? They don't listen. I just tell them to shut up and it's gonna be fine, right? I got a coloring sheet. But then the other outdoor uh, message thing that I had to do, the class, professor of the class offered me the opportunity to speak at a soup kitchen. And so... I mean, basically, uh, the admission for people to eat was to listen to a Bible message for 15 to 20 minutes. And this comes around, and I absolutely just crumble. Like, I was so nervous that I got sick before, and I didn't make it. Like, I was at home sick. I was like, just, I couldn't get over it. That, that, that's the first time. Opportunity came around again, and, you know, after you let your nerves get the better of you once, what do you do? Psych yourself up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to do it. I put in the work. 
I make it to the venue. That's progress, right? Made it there. And I remember starting and making eye contact with someone, and it felt like they were just staring right through me, right? Uh, there might have been some uh, self-medication going on, right? That's probably why he was there, right? He, he wasn't normal. He was, and it, it felt like, what is going on? Guys, I got so nervous. I got so frantic that I finished that message in about 150 seconds flat. And that's including a prayer on the front end and a prayer on the back end, right? It was so bad, my professor almost didn't give me credit for getting up there to speak. And I was like, you want me to do that again? Are you kidding me? That's how bad it was. I failed, and it wrecked me. I remember, like, I'm in school to be a pastor. I'm in school to be a communicator. is a big part of that, and I can't even communicate. It's easy to give up. It's easy to say, I don't want to feel that again. I'm not going to do that, right? Fast forward to today. I speak on uh, stage every week. Now, I'm not where I want to be. I'm still growing. I'm still developing. But speaking isn't as hard as it once was. There wasn't some magical cure to that. Yes, I pray. Yes, I sought the Lord. But here's the deal. You keep showing up and things get easier. You see the areas where you never thought you'd be able to fill in that blank. And yet today you are doing that very thing. It's not because of anything magical. It's because you kept showing up. You kept doing the work. To put it plainly, it's commitment. You committed to doing it. You're going to show up. And do the work. And here's a tension. Uh, this is a tension for many of us. Right, we would believe that to be true. Like, I don't think there's any arguments. Hey, you got to show up. you got to do the work. That's how you grow. That's how you advance. That's how you develop. We believe that to be true in our personal and our professional lives. Right, commitment is going to bring progress. But if we're honest, when it comes to our faith journey, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, are we going deeper with him? Are you continuing to go out further? To put it another way, we're talking about commitment. Are you committed to Jesus? Because when you commit to anything and you stick with it long enough, you will get better. You'll get better at it. And I think the measure of a Christian is, are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we becoming more like Jesus? Or have we become stagnant? We've quit being committed. We said, that's too hard. I don't like that feeling. I don't want to experience that again. I'm out. The truth is, if we really are committed to Jesus, we are going to see growth in our spiritual lives. If we're committed to Jesus, we will see growth. We will become more like him, not less like him. I hear me this. It is not a perfect journey by any means, right? It's going to have its ups and downs. But if you were to zoom out and look at the trajectory, right, it's going to be one, overall one of progress. Progress might not be as steep as you want, right? I feel that. But it's going to be progress. Because when you commit to Jesus, you can't help but be changed. Uh, my question for you is, are you committed to Jesus? Are you committed to Jesus? I just want to speak like, candidly for a minute. There are people who have been Jesus followers for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And if you were to look at their life from year one of following Jesus to year 21 of following Jesus, not much has changed. It's like they've settled for the same thing for the last two decades. Point of the series, there is always more of Jesus to be experienced. We should never settle for the same thing. 
We have to commit to following Jesus each and every day. 1 Kings 8, verse 61 says this. And may your hearts be, say that word for me. I'm going to say it again, that, that word there at the end. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God. To live by his decrees and obey his commands. Fully committed to God. Fully committed. Um, last weekend, uh, I'm, I'm coaching Little League basketball. I'm right? coaching my son's Little League. There's going to be a lot of basketball references. I literally got a hat at practice last week from a kid that said, uh, warning, I'm a pastor. Anything you say can and will be used in the message. Uh, there's only a, a lot of bit of truth to that. Uh, but hey, anyways, preseason is really interesting because they got all these teams and they're trying to put them into divisions so that they can play like in the appropriate levels of competition during uh, the league. And uh, you saw that some of this this week. I've definitely just seen it out in, in games. You'll see teams and they show up with like the headband, the mouth guard, the, the sweet uh, new LeBron 20s, right? They got the brand new shoes. They got the awesome jerseys. They got the shooting sleeve. And that team might be getting demolished in the game, but they did everything they could to look the part. You guys know what I'm talking about? You'll have other teams, and they might not look the part, but they go ball out, right? We saw a team, and they're, they, they played before us, and they, they did a good job. Uh, they had white shirts with Sharpie on the back, right? Did they look the part? They did not look the part, All right, but it was a close game, right? Here's the deal. It's not about looking the part. Here's the, both teams, both those teams, the ones who look the part and the ones who don't, they're both committed. One is committed to looking the part, and the other is committed to not looking the part, but actually being the part. And I think too many believers are fully committed to looking the part of a Jesus follower instead of actually fully committed to being a Jesus follower. Follower. So here's the setting a Bible by your nightstand or your coffee table. It doesn't do a lick of good if you don't open that thing and read the word. We have to be committed to following Jesus, not looking like we're following Jesus. And that means we've got to get into the word for ourselves, to not be dependent on others to feed us, but to be mature, to go get spiritual food for ourselves. Hey, come, I, I love Sundays, all right? I love, this is the best part of the week for me, but hey, if this is all you're getting of the word, you're gonna be malnourished. Your kids can't eat one week, one meal a week and be good. They need more than that. You need more than that spiritually. I think the reason some of us, we, we wane on our commitment to Jesus is because, uh, this is the second sale, it's passion. Passion. We are no longer passionate about following Jesus. All right, remember we talked about year one, year 21. When you first put your faith in Jesus, you were completely on fire for God. You were inviting people to church. You were getting into the word. You were praying. But what happens? That excitement fades, right? What once got your blood pumping has now become commonplace. And the problem with that is there is always more of Jesus to be experienced. For Jesus to become commonplace is not an error on him. It's an error on us. When we lose our passion for Jesus, we lose our zeal as a Jesus follower, it's because we've put our zeal in something else. And they might put it in a good thing, but it's not a God thing. And nothing can take the place of God. There are passions that are important and they matter. And everyone in here has passions that burn inside of you. I'm convinced that everybody has them. 
And the only way you keep that fire burning is the same way you keep an actual fire burning. You feed it, right? Put more wood, you put more kindling. And here's what happens when you got a passion for Jesus and a passion for money, right? You got just, um, that's one thing. You got a passion for Jesus, you got a passion for money. You've only got so much time in the day. You don't have time to throw a log on both fires. And the passion that grows is the fire you tint. Right? That's just the way it works. The passion that grows is the fire you tint. I think a lot of us are throwing logs on all these other things and we're neglecting our time with Jesus. We're not passionate about the things of Jesus, of being a Jesus follower. Don't let passion for anything replace passion for Jesus. Jesus, the one who died so that we could have salvation. Don't let anything take away your passion from Jesus. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close. We need our passion to be in him first and foremost. I promise you, everything's going to fall in line if you do that. When you see a person passionate about something, it really is inspiring. Uh, It's one of the things that I love about college football, right? Uh, It's the, the passion and the zeal that the players have for their game. It's a little different in the NFL, right? They're making that money. In college, they're playing. They actually got to pick that school. They're playing for the name on their chest. There's an interview of a player, right, Drake Stoops, right, that's who it is. I was going to keep him anonymous, but everybody knows. It's Drake Stoops. Uh, and they lost their two games in a row, uh, and they asked him, basically it was time to call it quits uh, since his team no longer had a chance at their original goal, right? They're not going to make the, the playoff, might not make a Big 12 championship. Uh, and his response was, it's football. I live for this. Ten hours a day, I'm in here working at it, right? It didn't even matter if things went the way he wanted. He was committed to keep working, It's because football wasn't a hobby of his. It was a passion. Didn't matter what was going on. Didn't matter what the results were. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm passionate about it. Are you passionate about following Jesus? Are you passionate about following Jesus? Romans 12, uh, verse 11, says this way. Never be lazy. That'll preach right there, right? But we're going to keep going. But work hard. And serve the Lord enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. Serve the Lord with passion. Working hard is a byproduct uh, of passion. When someone is passionate, you don't have to tell them to put in the work they already are. Uh, this is just for you. This is a struggle. Would you describe yourself as someone who works hard and serves the Lord enthusiastically? I think many of us, if, if we're honest, we would have to say that serving the Lord enthusiastically, that, that's not how we would describe ourselves. That's just not how we would do it. And, and that's okay because to fix a problem, the first thing you have to do is admit that it's a problem. Because your, your passion that was once a raging fire for Jesus, now it's just some embers or, or maybe a couple coals. It's grown weak. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 says, says this. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He's writing to Timothy, and he's telling Timothy to fan the flame. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Fan into flames the spiritual gift 
God gave you. You can't fan something into flames that's dead, right? There has to be an ember. There has to be some coals, something with some life into it to fan it into a flame. You need to fan into flames your commitment to God. You need to fan into flames your passion for God. It's, it's, you were committed and not, now you're not. You need to fan that into flames. You were have, used to have passion and now it's just these embers. You need to fan that into a flame. That's what we need. To quit tending to these other fires. I think our commitment and our passion for Jesus the one we focus on. Because as we grow towards him, as we tend to that, we're going to grow in him. We're going to become more like him. And there is always more of him to be experienced. The verse right after this, in verse 7, it says this. Fan into flames that spiritual gift. Get what God has given you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, or, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Don't be afraid to burn brightly for the kingdom of God. God has given us power, love, and self-discipline. We need to be committed to following Jesus. We need to be passionate about following Jesus. And the best part is, even when we fail, even when these flames that used to rage are just embers, even when we aren't fully committed, his commitment to you hasn't wavered. When your passion for him fades, Jesus' passion for you hasn't. If you fail Jesus a thousand times, even still, he's not going to turn his back on you because you are his child. doesn't matter. 2 Timothy says this, if we are unfaithful, he remains Faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. There's always more of him to be had. Even when we fail, even when we fall flat on our face, when it comes to our commitment, when it comes to our passion, whatever it is, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. Commitment. And passion. Those are the, the sails of your faith that will help you break through the waves that are holding your back. To go out into the deep with Jesus. If you'll commit and you'll be passionate about Jesus, I promise you, the waves are going to come your way. But there's going to come a point if you stick with it long enough where the growth is going to happen, where the things where you felt like these were holding me back, this was an uphill battle. Now it's going to be like I'm going downhill. God is moving in your life. If you'll just commit and be passionate, commit to Jesus. Uh, can I give a commitment that I just, like, I know for most in here, this is going to be a challenge, but I, it will be so worth it. I'm going to give you a tangible next step. If you'll commit to do this for the next uh, 40 days, it will change your life. I just, I truly, truly believe this. Commit to the next 40 days. Read your Bible each and every day. 
Just you're making a commitment. I'm going to read my Bible every day, no exceptions, 40 days in a row. That's a commitment that you will spend time with Jesus. And I promise you, spending time in the Word will be good for your soul. And that's a commitment that honors God. Commit. It's not going to be perfect. If there's other things we're going to do every day, nobody has to tell you to go check Facebook or Instagram every day, but I bet most of us do it. Ouch, too close to home, that hurt me, right? We need to get into the word to commit, to spend time with God. Got to commit. And then passion. I'm going to view that time in the word. This is what I want you to do. I want you to view that time in the word, that commitment that I'm going to spend time with God, view it as a blessing, not a burden. You are going to be excited about spending time in the word with your Lord and Savior, right? Uh, gentlemen, if your wife wants to go on a date night and you respond, okay, I guess, let's go. Is that passion? No. Don't spend time with Jesus like that. Commit to spending time in the word and be passionate about it. Be excited for what God has for you in his word. When you come expectant, I believe God shows up. When you approach the word of God with that kind of passion, it can't help but change you. I'm asking everybody here for, for commitment to get into the Word and for passion, to be excited about getting into the Word of God, to think of it as a blessing, not a burden. Because the ability to get into the Word of God, to have the Word of God change, to have the Holy Spirit move in our lives, that's the definition of a blessing. Commit to get into the Word every day for the next 40 days. Be passionate about getting it. It's going to be a blessing. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. And this is the most important part. When you fail, when you fail to read uh, the word, or when you fail to approach the word with passion, Jesus is still faithful. He can't deny who he is. He remains faithful. Don't let any missteps or stumbles keep you from fanning the flame. Commit to getting into the word and being passionate about it. Let's pray.